Welcome to the Crux Podcast and Sermon of the Week. For more information about the Crux Ministries and Summit Church, please visit us at summitsanmarcos.com. But I actually was gone. I was at um, I was at youth camp this last week. Yeah. yeah, it was awesome. And uh, we were actually Thomas was there. He was one of our our seniors. He officially has moved over though. He's a freshman yeah. now. So welcome him in, right? And uh, and um, yeah, it was awesome, guys. It was really good. We stayed up. Oh man, the leaders, we were so tired. We stayed up till like midnight every night, pretty much praying for different uh, different youth uh, in, the, you know, sometimes, you know, eighth grade, sixth grade, all the way through high school. Uh, we saw kids like really let go of stuff for the first time. We saw kids forgive their parents or their friends or someone hurt them for the first time. We had a lot of tears, you know, it was super awesome, super good, just around the campfire uh, late at night, just ministering for like three or four hours every night. It was just... It was the best. And uh, can I get, can I tell you guys kind of a, a weird but cool story with it? Uh, Thomas was there, so he can back it up. Um, so basically, we one night uh, I talked just around the campfire. And if you're at camp, it's much less like preaching from a pulpit. It's like you can't see your notes, you can't see anything. You're around a campfire, so you just you just see what God does, you know. And uh, and uh, we talked about the Holy Spirit that night. And that verse that says, "The fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you," and um, just about what it means to be a friend of the Holy Spirit and with Him, you know, in our life. And we were sitting there that same night, and uh, we get around, and we have all the kids in the circle around uh, the campfire. And I said, hey, guys, let's just invite the Holy Spirit. Uh, he's already here with us, but let's just, let's just give him, like, open up our hearts and say, Holy Spirit, come and do whatever you want to do in our hearts, right? And, and so we sit there, and we just say, Holy Spirit, come. And then the kids are like, yeah, and they pray themselves. Holy Spirit, come. And literally, like, right when we prayed it, like, I turned to start praying for the first kid. And then all of a sudden, it went from being, it was a super clear night, not a single cloud in the sky. There were stars out. Uh, it was awesome. Like, now nah, it was silent, still night. It was perfect. And then right when we said, Holy Spirit, come, this wind just went out of Good nowhere. Night. Put the fire. It went, the fire went all the way down. Things fell off the chairs, and everyone was like, Whoa! And all these leaves started falling from the trees that were rustling above us. And as 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 quick as it came, it went out. Like it went, and then it was like, and it was just gone. And everyone was just like, <laughs> and, I, and I and I said, and I was like, even me, I was like. Right, and then all of a sudden I remembered, and so I said, "I said, do you guys remember the first time the Holy Spirit comes in Pentecost? It says He fills the room like a rushing wind." The first time it right? And then everyone's like. And then, and then it was crazy. But, so then we prayed. It was an epic night. That was the night we had a lot of breakthrough, a lot of crying, a lot of just awesome stuff. One girl literally, you know, sometimes when the presents come, people will kind of like follow her. She fell forward and she was like, Pew. And then we're, like, we're like, you okay? She's like, I can't get up. I don't know what's going on. And we're like, is it good? She's like, yeah, that's really good. And we're like, okay, well, we'll keep praying for you then. And I'm like, 
and I was like, no one touch her, just like, <laughs> like, like, like the her. And, uh, and then she got up and had this crazy revelation of how much she's loved and worth. Because the manifestations of the Holy Spirit should always have a fruit of the Holy Spirit tied with them, right? And so, love and worth. The next day, she got baptized for the first time. And the Holy Spirit it was awesome. So good. got set free. Uh, so, the next night comes, and I'm talking on purpose. And that's the message I'm bringing to you tonight. Um, but the next night, we talk about purpose. And uh, we say, hey, we do kind of an altar call for who wants to really say, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of comparison and all this stuff. I'm ready to step into my purpose. So certain kids come forward, and we gather the whole group of students around them. And then we say, okay, well, let's just pray for them. And so I sit there, and, I, and I'm not even thinking about it. I say, Holy Spirit, come. Right when I said that. This wind comes no out way. of nowhere a second time and goes, Shh, the fire gets dark again, right? And then all of these leaves start wrestling. And all the kids are like, ah! like it's happening a second time. And I just started laughing like really loud. And I was like, he's back. He's here again. Right? And like, it was crazy because I've never had that happen once, let alone twice. And it's easy to be like, well, maybe that was a coincidence. The first night when it went from not a single breeze for three days to then all of a sudden like this, like loud, you could hear the wind. Maybe that's a coincidence if that happens the exact moment you invite the Holy Spirit. But then for the only other time for it to happen was the second time the next night, the exact moment you invite the Holy Spirit to come, it happens again. Like the kids are like, he's real this is crazy you know it was so cool and once again though it wasn't just a cool experience that was like a cool story they get to tell you about it led to kids getting breakthrough for the first time in their life believing they had value and purpose why because he actually showed up he showed up there so it was so powerful so that's why i was gone last week uh, but man it was worth it yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, it was worth it. It was great. You guys got blessed. You got a great word here uh, with Dominic, and I can't wait to hear it. But tonight, I felt like uh, when I was preparing a message for tonight, I felt like the Lord said uh, to really kind of take some of that stuff that he was sharing about purpose and really bring it to you guys tonight. And, and we've been doing an awesome um, summer of freedom is what we called it. We talked about freedom from insecurity, freedom from self-hatred. Uh, that was a deep night. That was intense. Right, that was good. We had a freedom from self-reliance, a freedom from like all these different things, right? And so tonight, I felt like there's a verse that says, it's for freedom's sake you've been set free. And it says that there's a, there's a purpose behind the freedom. It's not just so that you can walk around and go like, I'll go better, right? You know, it's actually because there's a God-given purpose and a call on your life, and we strip off all the, the all, everything that hinders so that we can run the race, right? And you will run better, faster, longer, more in love with Jesus, deeper into your calling and your purpose if we have freedom. And so I really felt the whole purpose of this summer was really to catapult you into this understanding that you have purpose. You yeah. have value. That's why you got to get free of this stuff. Because if not, you'll oh, man, your whole life you're going to walk around just like not really fulfilling your call or your purpose because you're just so, we're so messed up in our own junk, right? And the Lord loves to just heal us and shred all that stuff off of us and release us into like a purpose, right? So is that cool tonight if we talk about what that means, purpose and stuff? Is that cool? Yeah. yeah. We got like three people. Yes. Yes. Right, Thank you. I'm a high school pastor, so I like interaction. Okay, so please talk to me. Okay, all right. So uh, here we go. Um, the first, let's see. 
uh, the re- one reason I really want to talk about the purpose is I really believe that the devil, a lot of times you can, you can tell what truth is by looking at what the devil's attacking. And you're like, let's just do the opposite of that, right? Because he's trying to do the opposite of what the Lord wants in your life. And so I believe the devil, he is really, he does not want you to find out who you are. And he does not want you to find out what you're called to do. Right? Because if he can do that, it, first he doesn't want you to be a Christian. But if you're a Christian, then he wants to paralyze you to where you do nothing for the Lord, right? And that you just kind of waste your life with no influence. And there's a there, there's a thing where, where God wants to break that off and release you into a life. You are meant to change the environment around you. You are meant to forever change the, the, the kingdom of God. You're meant to do these amazing, radical things for God. But you won't do them if you first don't believe there is a purpose behind it. There's a verse, uh, Proverbs 29, 18. It says, where there's no vision, the people will perish. If you want your heart to begin to perish, if you want to go into depression, if you want to get all messed up, lose sight, lose vision of your purpose. So many people, when you're, when you're like depressed, I've been, I've been genuinely depressed, so I could talk about this. When I was genuinely depressed, I would wake up and be like, yeah, what's the point of Like, I, I didn't have purpose. I lost sight of that and my heart began to perish. But one of the greatest ways to get that back is start to declare and know and study what is my purpose. I'm telling you guys, it, it's really hard for someone to be depressed when they wake up and they're like, I have a destiny today, right? It's really hard for them to get up and be like, there's a reason I am working at McDonald's because revival is about to break out there and God wants me there. I have to go. I have a calling today at McDonald's, right? Or you can wake up and be like, want fries with that. It sucks, you know, right? Or you'd be like, Jesus loves you. You want fries with that today, right? Because you have a purpose no matter where you are. And I'm telling you, your emotions will fluctuate with your belief of how much purpose you have. It doesn't matter if you're preaching and speaking in stadiums and are famous or if you are working at the local, like, you know, coffee shop or Starbucks or whatever it is. You, I'm telling you, the two of them have the exact same purpose. You might have different callings, but you have the same purpose. You have just as much purpose as Billy Graham. That's right. Right? Do you believe it? Maybe your calling is different. You don't have to be like Billy Graham. But you have just as much purpose as he does. Do you believe it? If not, I hope that changes tonight. I believe one of the roots of depression is a lack of purpose. And feeling like you have value and you have purpose is frees you from depression. Because sometimes, if depression, a lot of times, like, man, what's the point? This sucks. I'm never gonna get over them. I'm never right. I've done this for years. I spiral. I just, I'm really good at spiraling myself. Up, right. I'm just so, I'm the best at it. Right. Right. Just messing myself up. Right. Uh, yeah. And, and purpose though spirals me right now. Like back out. I mean, spiraling upward. Joke, right. Okay. So here we go. So I think though that where it all starts with is value. Because the thing is, is you will not think you have much of a purpose in life if you don't have a proper view of yourself and the value that you have. You won't think that you have a very strong purpose like Billy Graham, right? If you think you're trash. If you think you have little value. If you think he's worth more than you are, then you're gonna, your purpose is directly going to be tied. 
if you think there's really little to no value at the job you have, it's a minimum wage job or whatever, then really your purpose, you're going to be like, what's the point of me being here? Because you have no value for it. Yeah. If you have no value for yourself, you're going to have very little purpose for yourself. And so I want to, can we talk about uh, value first real quick? Yeah. Okay, cool. So, here's this. How much is this? Twenty dollars. Twenty dollars. Woo! Right? You know, it's like two hours of work. This is right. Okay. So this here, how much is this? How much is this worth? That's like twenty McDoubles, right? Like, no, this is how much is this worth? Twenty dollars. Twenty dollars, right? Forty Jack in the Box tacos, right? I'm, now we're talking. I've, I lived on fast food for hey, a lot of years. <laughs> it, was, it was a dark time. Okay, so how much is it worth? Twenty dollars. Okay, what if I just crumble it all up? How much is this worth? This ball of trash. What if I throw it on the ground and I just kind of like? It's like two hours gone. Right? Oh, rug burn on the face of Mr. Andrew Jackson right here. Right? How much is this worth? 20 bucks, but it's all messed up. You kidding me? It's still good? Yeah. Alright. I wait oh, I don't have it. Let's see. I'm looking around. No. I don't have it. I'll just get that one in. Okay. Yeah, sure, let's use that. It's just water. It's just water. It's just water. It's just water. Now he's all wet. Oh, how much is this worth? Really, it's all wet. It's gross. How much is it worth? Twenty dollars. Okay. All right. Okay. What? What if a little piece? Oh, a little, just a little piece. Just a little piece. How much is this worth? Twenty dollars. But it's ripped. It's broken. How much is this worth? Twenty dollars. It's worth twenty dollars. All right. How much is this worth? Twenty dollars. One time, I had to, uh, my my buddy. He and I were splitting a room, and he turned in uh, like rent money and stuff like that. Uh, it's not Zach, it's her roommate. Not him. <laughs> this is a previous roommate, but he just—I was gone on a mission trip. No, not Don either. Wow. <laughs> roommates man okay this was years ago you don't know him he's not in the room okay he just took my, took my rent money didn't put it in an envelope and he just put it he literally said hey i put it underneath the rock outside and i was like because i was gone for like a week and he's like it'll be safe there and i'm gonna be gone so i put it underneath the rock outside and i was like okay so i come back and it's like a lot of money right underneath the rock in dirt and i get there and when i open it up there's like worms and mud and stuff because it had been raining it'd been raining a bunch and I picked up, and the $20 bill literally just fell in half. Dirty, ripped, in half, gone. And I said, this is broken, this is trash. Like, dang it. There's a whole month of like rent money, right? Because it was like all these $20 bills, something like that. And then someone said, you know what? Uh, you should see if the bank will give you anything for it. And I'm like, well, maybe if I turn in half a 20, they'll give me 10 bucks, you know? I don't know how it works, but maybe I should. So I tried it, and I went there. And apparently, as long as this little code here is intact on both sides, it could be in a bunch of shreds 
And if you give them the little code and it, they piece it together and it's a $20 bill, they will take it and they'll give you a brand new $20 bill. And I got all my money back. Look at a brand new one. I didn't know that, right? And so there is why. Because there was an inherent value placed inside of this when it was printed. And the value didn't change with water or dirt or ripped or shredded or buried or worms. <laughs> the, it actually had so much value inside of it, it had the same value as a brand new Chris printed bill. The exact same value to where they exchanged it. He didn't even think anything of it. He said, yeah, here, I'll take that and you can have this brand new one. Exchanged it. So you, you guys are going to say, right? Don't like walk out. Like, you know when you were born, there was an inherent value placed inside of you just because you were born. <coughs> Put in you. It doesn't matter if you have been had dirt thrown on you. It doesn't matter if maybe you were the one who messed up and stained or put water or coffee on you, like, like it, it, or, or whatever. You messed up, it was your sin. It doesn't matter if somebody else threw junk on you and threw you on the ground and ripped you all up. It doesn't matter. You have the exact same value still intact. It doesn't matter what you've done. Your value has not changed based on the circumstances. And, and, and your value actually is the exact same as somebody whose value bill is perfectly crisp. That $20 bill and this one worth exactly the same. That's how I can look at you and look at Billy Graham and say you have the exact same amount of value. That's okay. Like, he's like a crisp, perfect one. And I'm like shredded up and there's worms on me, right? And it's like the exact same value. And what Jesus does is he says, yeah, here, sure, give it to me. Here you go, brand new. But notice, it looks different, feels different. Still, your value never changed. When he took your sins, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't like give you value, right? Like it was already there. That's why he came in the first place. Because you had value. This, how much do you know, how do you know how much something uh, is worth? I've heard Pastor Andrew say this a lot. It's amazing. He taught me this. It's so good. But how, how do you know how much something's worth? How much someone's going to pay for it. How much something, how much someone's willing to pay for it. Yeah, right? Right? It's like, okay, that burger at Ruby's worth like 10 bucks, right? You know, it's a good burger. I'm going to pay that. McDonald's, I'll pay like a dollar for that one, right? It's not worth the same, right? And that's how much people are willing to pay for it. You guys see this with, with movies. You certain movie, you're like, dude, I will pay like 12 or 13 bucks to see Don't that see thing. Come on, like people saw Star Wars like two or three times. I saw the first Avengers three times in two days in theaters, right? Because I thought it was just the coolest. I spent so much money on that thing, right? Other movies, you see a trailer and you're like, meh, red box. <laughs> Other times you're like, it ain't worth a dollar. I'll see if it comes up on Netflix, right? You know, like, it's just not worth it. Other times, other times it's on Netflix and you're just like, meh, <laughs> right? That's how you know how much that thing is worth for you, right? Because of what you're willing to pay to get it, right? So, question, how much are you worth in God's eyes? Because, how do you know? Because what was he willing to pay to get you? The Holy Spirit paid the price of 
his best friend. The father paid the price of his son, Jesus. Jesus paid the price of his own life. That tells you how much you're worth. That tells you what your value is. And, and how dare us say that that we're not worth much. Because God said you're worth the price of Jesus himself. The real humility says, I'm worth the price of Jesus. And if you say you're not, then really you're saying like the cross wasn't really worth that much. Right? Because if, if, if the cross is what you're worth, if the cross is the price to buy you back, then when you say you're trash, and you say you're messed up, and you say you're just junk, you're really saying, well, then the cross was not worth much. And it's worth the price of junk. Dang it, right? You're forced to either bring the cross down or bring yourself up. And I'm not bringing the cross down. That thing will never lose its value. For all eternity, that's going to be the most precious thing there ever was. So you have to, you're forced to bring yourself up. You have value. Romans 8.32 says, Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give up everything else you're worth everything else it's you and then everything else and God said let's get rid of all that to get you the minute you believe your life is not worth much and you have little little value I believe you're telling God the cross isn't worth that much or it had little value that's scary man that's wrong like I'm sorry, like, you're wrong. Like, the cross has a lot of value, right? Which means you are forced to believe you have a lot of value. Wow. Mm -hmm. Jesus did not get a steal of a deal. Jesus is like, oh, it's half off, salvation. Like, you know, oh, if I come down at this time, it won't be as bad. He actually came down at the, 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 oh, the Romans gave him the worst possible death. He didn't be like, oh, wait till the 20th century when, like, you know, it's just like, a lethal injection and you're dead. No, he came down at like the worst possible time. Because he's like, I'm not, they're not, I'm not going to pay something cheap because they're not cheap. They're not worth, like, they're worth more than that. So this moves into purpose. Do you believe you have value? Because it starts with that and then moves into your purpose. Because if you, if you know you're, you have a really high value, your value is the worth of the cross. And you're going to think you have a really high purpose. Yeah, Why would he pay that much for something just to be wasted and not have much of a purpose? Why would he pay that much just to be like, yeah, yeah, you, you work at that job and whatever. You hate it. Don't worry, it'll pass one day. No, he's going to be like, I died so that even now you have purpose there. I have something for you there. I'm not going to wait. I paid way too much to waste years of your life. Like, I paid way too much for that. I am not going to waste that. There's value with where you're at right now in life. Do you, have, do you believe you have purpose? Because it starts with how much value you have. If something doesn't have much purpose, a lot of times it doesn't have much value. Like, they're really tied together in a lot of ways. You know? And so, this I said earlier with Anthony. Psalms 37 says, The Lord directs the step of the godly. He takes delight in every single detail of your life. How can he delight in something he has no value in? 
How can he delight in something that he's like, meh, they're not worth that much? You take delight in things that have purpose, that have value, that have, I know the plans I have for you. Right? We don't know that verse. We we put all the time. Plans to prosper you to give you hope in the future. He has purpose for you guys. So, the question is, well, then what's my purpose? Everyone runs around like, what's my purpose in life? Like, ah! Right? And, I, and they're so scared. We're all scared. Like, we're going to die and not fulfill it, right? But I really believe there's a difference between your calling and your purpose. I really think there's a difference. I think a calling, a lot of times, is more like a job. It has to do with things that you're going to do for the Lord. Whereas a purpose is something that just, it just never changes. Like, it doesn't matter if I, like, once again, it doesn't matter if I'm running in crusades or if I am working at a job where it's just the worst ever. My purpose, even though the call looks really different during that season, my purpose stays the same through both of them. And I believe your number one purpose, before anything else in life, your number one purpose is to be loved by God. More than anything else, your purpose is to be loved by God. The Garden of Eden is named Eden. It means delight. God put him into delight. And he said, work until the garden. Work until delight itself. And that's your job. Wow. That's your purpose. Wow. Grow in delight with me. Be in love with me and I love you. Your number one purpose in life is to be loved by God. This is how Billy Graham, his purpose, it's, it's not to save all these people. That's maybe a call as an evangelist in his life. But he knows he's nothing about them purpose is to be loved by God. David, shepherd boy in the field, no one knows he exists. Purpose. Be loved by God. Your purpose, first and foremost, is to be loved by God. And if you don't get that, it gets real hard to wake up. <coughs> but if you wake up in the morning like, today, God is going to show me his love. Today at work, God is going to show me how he's not wasting the season. He has purpose. Today, at this school, in this class, there is a reason because he is going to show me his love for me today. I'm going to go to this class and he will show me his love for me. Like that gives reason behind everything. It gives reason to it all. Is that your number one purpose in life is to be loved by God. Romans 8.28 says, We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. He's like, I have a purpose for you. I'm going to make everything work to support you. I believe that purpose is, I love you, so I'm going to make everything in life show that I love you. So this sounds so simple. Every single person would be like, you know God loves you. Doy, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, it's like the first song I learned was Jesus Loves Me, This I Know, you know, right? Doesn't matter what color you are, red and yellow, black or white, right? It doesn't matter. You're precious in His sight. Jesus loves you, right? And, and yet, for some reason, we go to jobs and we're just like, I hate this. This is so stupid. What's the point of this? There's no value here. And then you hear, Jesus, like, but I still love you. You have a purpose. There's a reason I brought you here. I didn't accidentally be like, what's that job? Oh, that's weird. Like, ah, how'd they get there, right? He has a purpose behind everything. Ephesians 2.10 says, we are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus. You don't accidentally make a masterpiece. Like, you, don't, you don't be like, well, if you turn this your head that way, it's a masterpiece. Yeah. Oh, like, oh, 
Oh, that's cool. It's the Mona Lisa. I didn't realize that. Like, no, it planned out and painted long before. There's no curveballs with God. There's no like he's sitting there and he's like, what? (laughs) Like, that's crazy. Like, he know he knows exactly why and what the purpose is for you. Okay, this part, uh, David, can you jump on the slideshow, or unless you showed Anthony how to do it? This game, this might look a little weird. I thought it was. Really special. Really cool. So uh, this is cool. Here we go. Ah, oh, man. Okay, if you can't see this, I encourage you to get in this place where you can because this is cool. What are the odds that you would be you? Because I really believe that you, by seeing the probability that you would even be born, starts to convince you that you have a purpose. Right? Right? No author, God's the author of life. Dominic. He has a degree in like writing in English and things like that. If you were writing a book and you wrote the entire book, do you think you'd look back and read it and be like, how'd that character get in there? <laughs> right? Would that ever happen? Probably not. Do you think do you think if you guys were painting a master who's an artist in the room? Artist. David. Anthony. Anyone else? Okay, come on. You're an artist. Actually that I well, you guys are too. I've seen yours, but but hers broke up. It's good. That came out weird. I'm sorry. Yours is beautiful. I love it. You're all artists. That came out weird. I knew, I was trying to compliment her. I'm sorry. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. The point is. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, any of you, if you're an artist, how many of you would, uh, if you if you're painting something, right? You wouldn't sit there, Mona Lisa, paint this beautiful thing, and then all of a sudden stop and be like. Who's that guy who photobombed in the back? <laughs> like, who's the guy who accidentally made it in my painting? Everyone be like, what are you talking about? And then the artist's like, I swear I did not paint that guy. Right? Like, he's in your painting. Right? The word masterpiece is the same word of, like, painting, drawing, creating, composing this beautiful thing. It says that's what you are to God. Do you really think you were an accident? Do you really think... That you were not supposed to be here. Do you really think that maybe you don't have a purpose? In it? No. So let's look. If you don't, if you do, then maybe hopefully this will help. What are the odds? What are the odds that you exist as you today? Okay. We got like 15 minutes. You guys doing okay? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. Here we go. So let's start with small. What is the probability of you becoming you? Hopefully this will show you how valuable you are, how rare you are, how unique you are, and how you have a purpose behind you. Okay. Probability. Of your dad, meaning your mom. Okay? It says, though the world was smaller 20 years ago, when your dad could have met your mom, there were about 2 million women. This is go dad. <laughs> okay? It says, but, it says, it says, but over 25 years, he probably met around 10,000 women. What? Okay? Wow. That's crazy. So the odds that your mom was in a small group and met your dad was 1 in 20,000. That's the odds that your dad probably met your mom. Okay? Now, but it says, but we know a true love could be. It says, what is the probability that they stay together long enough to have kids? It says, it's a 1 in 10 chance that they would even probably talk to each other. And I'd just be like, oh, hey, I met you. Okay, see you later. Right? Okay, and then it says, it's also another 1 in 10 chance that they would actually even go on a date. It's another 1 in 10 chance that they'd go on a second date. Another 1 in 10 chance that they'd keep dating for a while. And it says, and a coin toss if they would actually stay together long enough for an offspring. Wow. It says, it's, thus the odds, your parents' meeting result is about 1 in 2,000. That your parents, your parents would actually even have a kid. That they would meet and have a kid. 
right? Those are the odds after the 20,000 that they would meet in the first place. So go ahead and go to the next slide. <laughs> we go to number two. Here we go. So it says, so far, so far, the combined odds of you being here is one in 40 million. That is about the size of the population of California. Okay? So that's so far. So far, okay? This is the part that might be a little uncomfortable. I think it's like, cool, that's cool, cute. Okay, here we go. Okay, here we go. Okay, now, okay. So now things are going to get interesting, okay? This, this a little biology class for you. Okay, here we go. Mom has about 100,000 eggs in her lifetime. Dad makes about 4 trillion sperm during the years you could have been born. Way to go, guys. Okay, all right. What are the odds, what are the odds that one egg met that one sperm and made you? The odds. And now your brother. Because if it was a different one meeting, your brother's born, your sister's born, someone else is born, okay? You have to have the exact genetic makeup to make you, otherwise it's your brother. Same dad, same mom, but if it met at a different time, different person, okay? So the odds of you happening is one in 400 quadrillions, okay? Because you have to take the four trillion, four trillion times 100,000, okay? So the odds that those two would meet is one in 400 quadrillion, okay? That's approximately the volume in cubic meters of the Atlantic Ocean, okay? <laughs> that is like one speck in the whole Atlantic Ocean, okay? okay? But we're just getting started, okay? Uh, because your existence here now, wait, now and on planet Earth presupposes that supremely unlikely and utterly undeniable chains of events happened, okay? Go to the next one. Here we go, all right. Because the problem is, this didn't just happen to happen to you, for you. This had to happen for every single one of your ancestors. Oh. That means if a thousand generations ago, your grandpa met one other person at a different time, you cease to exist. Wow. Chain, the chain has to be unbroken for you to be born. Okay? It goes all, all the way back to Adam and Eve. Okay? They kind of, they, they're guessing how many generations there's been and things like that. Okay? Here we go. It says, how large is that number? It's one in 10 to the power of 45,000. Wow. Okay, that's 10 with 45 zeros after it. Oh, sorry, 45,000 zeros. 45,000 zeros after it, okay? Here we go. Go to the next one. Go to the next one. Okay, here we go. Yeah, that, that's, that's more, never mind, okay. Anyway, here we go. All right. The odds of the right sperm being the right egg is 150 times one in ten to the two to the power of two million six hundred forty thousand. Because that one has to hit that one for every single ancestor. So they took the generations of how many people they think have been alive, and then they said that first number, the quadrillion, has to like also work for them too. Okay, so let's all that add all that up. They do have some fancy math here. One in ten to the power of two million six hundred eighty-five thousand. Wow. By comparison, so you know that that's a really big number. Okay. The number of atoms in the human body is about ten to the power of twenty-seven. Wow. So many atoms are inside of you. The number of atoms making up the Earth is about ten to the fifty. All of Earth is made out of ten to the fifty atoms. Wow. And you are ten to the two million six hundred eighty-five thousand. Go to the next one. All right, here we go. The number of atoms in the known universe, this is how much they're saying, if, we, if this is really what we believe the whole universe so far, is 10 to the 80. 
Remember year 10 to the 2 million, 685,000. Okay? This is, I think of it like this. The probability of 2 million people getting together, this is what it would equivalent to. 2 million people getting together, which is about the size of San Diego, each to play a game of dice with a 1 trillion sided dice. <laughs> Yahtzee was way too easy. Just you know. All right, here we go. They each roll the dice and they come up with the exact same number. Two million people roll a one trillion sided dice, and every single one of them gets the same number. One person gets a different number. It's not you anymore. So the odds of you existing are basically zero, because it's like a point zero for two million of those, and then like a one. Okay. Now, the definition of a miracle. This is a miracle in this event so unlikely as to be almost impossible. By that definition, we've just shown you that you are a miracle. And every single miracle has a purpose. Every single miracle. God has never once performed a miracle and be like, oh, wow. <laughs> right? Every miracle has a purpose. You guys have... A purpose. We, we have a God of miracles who only creates miracles. Okay? You were created for a purpose, and if you, even if your parents say you were conceived by an accident, all these numbers are still perfectly aligned for you. Your parents' knowledge is just way too limited. You had a perfect, perfect lineup for you. So I believe your number one purpose, like I said, was to be loved by God. All of this happened so that you could be you. It sounds like somebody who's like a masterpiece and really wants Diane to be Diane. So that he can love, so that he can love her. God loves you and he says, I, I created this perfectly. Because your number one purpose in life is for you. Right? So the number two, the number two purpose I really believe is that um, <laughs> I, would, I would just say the number two purpose I believe that you have two purposes and everyone has a common everything after that I really believe is like your calling and other things and that'll grow that'll change that'll mature your purpose will never change one God loves you and number two is that you're meant to bring God's love to others that's why you're there Billy Graham's whole thing is bringing God's love to people yeah. the reason you're at McDonald's is because McDonald's needs your love Lord knows I'm loving right. it. <laughs> right, yeah, I'm loving it. Right. The reason, the reason you got placed at your job at this time, at this year, this century, all of this lined up perfectly so that you could bring God's love to other people. This doesn't change based on your title or your position, whether you're a CEO or like, you know, the very bottom. Your purpose remains the same. And if you get this into your hearts and your mind, it will change the way you look at it. You'll say, I'm coming to school today. I'm in this math class because God loves me and he wants to show me more about that. And everyone in this class is meant to like, care, like see God's love. And they need to hear that God loves them. The reason I'm working at Starbucks is so that people can see God's love. Because God has something to teach me about how much he loves me. The reason I, whatever, it doesn't matter what season you're in, this purpose never changes. When you're 90, when you're 100, or whatever, you're the same purpose. Right? And I hope when I die, people are like, wow. He had a life, like God must have loved him. That was crazy. And, and when people hear about my life, they say, like, wow, 
maybe God loves me too. Like I'm really hoping that purpose carries on. <laughs> you know, like because his purpose is unshakable, unchangeable. Your call will grow, it'll mature, it'll change, right? And you'll step into it or not. But if you tie your value and your purpose and your worth to your calling, then that means you don't have any purpose until your calling is fulfilled, right? Which is just garbage, right? A baby has just as much purpose as like the president, right? And, and maybe calling looks different during the different seasons. But I'm not going to say the president has more value than that baby does. Wow. You know? Because they both have an inherent value given to them the day where they were born. And that value has never changed. And so, uh, I'm just going to read this quote and then we're going to be done. But this is a quote by a guy named Brennan Manning. He's a, an awesome author. And he, he just says this. He says, Lord, he, it's a prayer. He says, Lord, when I feel that what I'm doing is insignificant and unimportant, help me to remember that everything I do is significant and important in your eyes because you love me and you put me here and no one else can do what I am doing in exactly the way that I do it. No one else can be you. The odds are just zero that someone else could be you. Don't you think you have a purpose? Don't ever look in the mirror and say I'm trash because Jesus did not die for and trash does not have purpose. Right? Besides just to go to the dump. You burn that. <laughs> right? Like, and that's not you. That's not you. You have value. You have purpose. If you, all the point of the summer of freedom, all the things we talked about getting free from, is so that you can greater walk in this purpose of knowing your love. All those things are filters to get out of your heart so you can better understand that God loves you. And that's so that you can better release love on everyone around you. This purpose... We'll go with you guys as you go to college next week. This one, everyone else who stays here, this purpose stays with you. The summer of freedom all points up, caps in this thing called purpose. And that's what you are, and that's what you have. And, and you're meant for this. It says, for freedom's sake, Christ's sake, you're free. There's a purpose that you are free. You are free. Don't you dare put on the chains and go backwards. <laughs> you're free. There's a purpose. Can we stand up together? Awesome. Can you everyone, everyone just close your eyes for a second. Close your eyes and put out, put out your hands or you know, whatever you want to do. Don't focus on the Lord. And the Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come right now. Come, Holy Spirit. Um, we love you. God who gives us purpose. God who gives us meaning. You, never, you didn't just roll the dice and say, oh look, that made Taylor. Like you, you perfectly designed us. You perfectly formed us together. Even when we were in our mother's womb, you knew us and you knew us together perfectly. How dare I look in the mirror and say it's not perfect? How dare I compare myself to trash? When you paid everything, you bankrupted everything. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Father, I ask that every person in this room would be humbled. That they would realize the most humble thing they can say is that they are worth the price of Jesus. Because if you don't say that, then you're wrong. <laughs> because Jesus did it. <clears throat> he already told you, you were than God. Father, I ask that that reality would hit every person. And you take a second right now and just say, just say, God, show me how much you love me. <clears throat>
that should be the first prayer every single morning is God show me how much you love me. The minute you wake up, God show me how much you love me. Because it's all about his love for you. Then you move into the second one. <coughs> so let's ask God, God show me my purpose for loving others. My purpose for loving others. And I believe if you if you if you do that every single day, show me your love for me today, and show me how to bring your love to other people. You have a reason for working. You have a reason for that job. You have a reason. You realize every appointment's a divine appointment. Thank you, Father. So, Father, I thank you for every person in this room. God, I thank you uh, for their value for their purpose, that nothing can ever take that. I thank you, a lot of them have, all of them, have an amazing call of God on right. their life. And I thank you, they're the only ones who can fulfill that. <clears throat> and, I, and I thank you, God, though, that that call does not give them value, and that call does not give them purpose, that that has been there since the moment you are even conceived in your mind, God. That value and purpose was put into their life, and nothing can take that away. I ask God that they would, this week, tonight and tomorrow that they would go out they would start to renew their mind and say I have been set free for a purpose to walk out understanding God's love for me and the way I'm meant to love other people I bless them Father I ask that this revelation would go deep into their hearts and all God's people say Amen, Amen. Awesome guys Do we give on up for the Lord and what he's done in the summer of freedom where people got free this summer. So good. Feel feel free to hang out, guys. If you need prayer, come up and talk to us. If this is something you're like, man, I really want to grow and and understand my value, my purpose, feel free to come on up. Feel free to hang out and get prayer. Of everyone else, we love you, and we will see you guys on uh, Sunday and next week, okay? Love you guys. Have a good one. Oh, sweet $20. Sweet $20. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Crux Podcast Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit SummitSanMarcos.com for other exciting content from Summit Church.